Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Infuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Well, hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. And my friends, it is good to be here. And running the boards is Joey D. And we're happy to be here. Woo! Woo! On today's show, we will get comic book recommendations from Scott at Comics Dungeon. We will get comic book recommendations from BJ in our own Comics Dungeon, uh, d- <laughs> the studio. Yeah. And we will talk about how Neil Gaiman and LeVar Burton are teaming up. What? Sort of? Whoa. Maybe? And then, of course, always that more. Uh, Vicky, <laughs> how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcast, and more. Oh, yeah, more. Or just, you know, just look for <laughs> BJ Shays Geek Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com, and iTunes, and you'll find us. It's easy. Yeah. And uh, leave us a five-star review, however which way you do so. Take a little screenshot of that. Shoot me an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. And once we can actually mail stuff off, because we don't have people here right now to mail stuff off, uh, and it's all safe to do so, we'll sign a little placard uh, and then put that in a random comic book that I have in a pull box. Random, random. And send it off to you, you know, a collector's item. And oh. Probably like an issue two or three in the middle of like a 17-issue set, so you'll be very confused, but then you'll have a uh, purpose. You'll want to collect all of those other ones, or maybe not. I, don't I know can't wait till you give away a porpoise. That would be even better. <laughs> a porpoise with a purpose? Yes. Oh, it's like Flipper or Echo the Dolphin. Oh. oh. I'm going off on really yeah, good Yeah, But just leave us five-star reviews because I really appreciate that. It helps my ego a lot. Uh, let's talk comic books, and let's start with Scott from Comics Dungeon. Scott from Comics Dungeon joins us, and you can get more information about Comics Dungeons at Comics Dungeon at ComicsDungeon.com. Lots of... Uh, Lots of interesting stuff going on, Scott. I know it's been a little bit of a while since we've talked, and right now there has been a, a global pandemic thing going on that has, A, it canceled uh, Emerald City Comic Con, which was uh, a definite uh, uh, bad thing for uh, people who are creatives um, because this is how they make a lot of their money, and it's really actually affecting the comic book industry. It, it really is. It's, uh, you know... The comic book industry relies a lot on the brick and mortar retail, the social aspects, uh, you know, whether you're getting together to, uh, to play Magic the Gathering or just want to hang out and uh, geek out with people. But, uh, you know, it's hard to do when you have to stay six feet away from everyone yeah. and, uh, you know, walk in a bubble. And, you know, so it's, it's you know, we're seeing the effects around. Uh, one of the comic stores in Seattle's already closed down. Uh, uh, at least temporarily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, who knows, uh, you know, by the time this gets on the air, maybe we're all closed down. But, right. Uh, and, and that's, I think that's a big thing too, because as we're recording this, um, things change and things may have changed. And I mean, I've recorded stuff and then three hours later, essentially you can't go and do anything at that point. So, 
make sure and practice safe nerdery. Uh, if that's a word, I don't think it's a word, but I think it's kind of a, a good point to put across on all of that. You know, be safe, postpone stuff, play online. I mean, go pick up some of your comic books if you've got a pull box, but at the same point, you know, don't lounge around and just, uh, you know, make sure that you keep yourself safe and sanitized and all of that. Absolutely. And most of the local stores are offering uh, mail service or curbside pickup, mm-hmm. uh, depending on their location. So yep. take advantage of that, too. Yep. Yeah, just contact your friendly local comic book store, game store, all of those. And uh, each person in each company and each place is going to have their own different set of rules and what they're able to do. Uh, but just talk with them and have that. Uh, but now we should talk about some comic books that people can uh, either pick up or maybe read online digitally or, you know, support their local comic book store via this. And you've got we've got a new one by uh, from uh tom king tom king is uh doing a new a new one for uh dc it's called strange adventures this is uh about uh adam strange uh who if you recall is a kind of like uh the dc's rocketeer other than he gets zapped to uh, a foreign planet where he meets his wife and has children and and all of that but uh this story picks up he's on earth his wife's on earth and he's got a book about his adventures and uh, but people are beginning to question whether this book is telling the truth is he a is he a hero or did he commit war crimes oh and really and, and yeah and adam's going well i didn't do that but maybe i did so oh, he goes to Batman. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Batman, investigate me. Did I actually do this stuff? I don't know. I don't think I did. Uh, hey, Batman, but, am I uh, a bad man? Because, hmm, damn, that's some heavy stuff. Right. Yeah, and, and Tom King's really good at that psychological storytelling. And and this is a this is a really interesting one. I'm a big fan of Adam Strange, and um, and just to see him questioning you know, his heroics. Yeah. And I mean, like, if you think about it, a lot of times um, uh, this really came to prevalence if uh, you look at uh, Infinity War. Like, you see Thanos being the protagonist in the movie because he's the one with the goals and he's the one who sets out to get him and everyone else is trying to stop him from doing that. But, and then a lot of the lines came from you. It's like, Oh, you're all like, someone's always a hero in their story. And you can feel that you're doing something heroic and you're helping the greater good, but maybe you're just not doing it the right way. And everyone considers you a baddie. Right, exactly. So I, I'm going to be interested to see how this goes. Uh, Tom King's written some great ones. With, uh, the Mr. Miracle he did last year was oh, phenomenal. Yeah. So um, This is cool, man. I love it. I'm, this is something, you know, hey, I've got some time. I'm going to pick up some reading. Uh, what else do you have for us? <laughs> well, uh, Jonathan Hickman, uh, as you oh, know, has been yeah. doing a little bit of X-Men writing lately. And, uh, and I thought he was going to put aside his independent work, but uh, he's got a new one called Decorum. Ooh. And and Hickman is phenomenal at world building. His East of West and uh, even his run in uh, Avengers and Fantastic <laughs> Four. He was building these worlds, and this this title's just like that. He's building this complex universe that literally there's um, it has uh, what was it a ten thousand year plan wow. for universal conquering and you know so it's like uh, man. What organization could do that? Um, you know, so you get this huge space um, 
setting. Uh, you get some of the coolest aliens I've seen in a comic book in a long time. Nice. Um, and um, Mike Huddleston is doing just some absolute amazing, amazing art. Um, Hickman's always a complex story builder as well, but uh, this one hooks you. And uh, he hooked me deep. I'm going to have to uh, <laughs> put this on my poll list now. <laughs> and uh, it's, 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 you've got couriers, you've got crime, you've got murder, and, you know, all the things that happen all with All the fun stuff. Like that, <laughs> oh, I love it, man. That sounds really fun. So Decorum and Strange Adventures, a couple of things people can pick up uh, for their reading list. And, again, like we said, we don't know how anything is going to change or how it's changed since we recorded this with what's going on in the world today. You know, maybe picking up some comic books may be the best way to go about it. If you can do so safely, please do so. Support your local comic book store. Support your local gaming store in whichever way you can. And maybe it's just something as simple as buying gift certificates. Even something like that Absolutely. can help people out. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Scott. Thanks, Russ. Thank you so much, Scott. And again, um, if you've got a local comic book shop that is still open and able to take orders, I know that in Tacoma, where I live, Destiny City Comics, where I got the pool box from, um, they're only doing online orders now. As of this recording, which maybe that changed at some point, if you can help out your local comic book shop, even if it's like buying gift cards or just waiting or maybe picking up something like some large graphic novels that you might want to, you know, read, do so help out people. However, which way you can, whatever way that you're financially feasible to do on that. Uh, BJ. Yes, sir. What kind of comic books you've been reading? Well, you know, I, I have a very <laughs> limited scope in what I'm doing right now, but yeah. uh, one that I've loved so much and is called Ascender, which you may be going, hey, is that any relation to Descender? Sure is. Oh yeah. Uh, very, very clever series by uh, Jeff Lemire. Lemire. Somebody's going to tell me how to pronounce his name at some point. Someday. And Dustin Wynn. Uh, a clever series that really started one way with Descender, then after Descender wrapped up, took a little time off, and went into Ascender, which has a completely different vibe. We go from technology to magic, which is really... Um, you know, when you think of something happening that is so horrific that we get bombed into the dark ages, mm -hmm. to think that we might get bombed into the magic ages is really kind of a cool thing. We've seen that before in Terry Pritchard's, uh, it was on MTV for a while, that story. That the Chandelorian. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the, the Chandelorian. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, the Chandelorian Chronicles. <laughs> the Shannara Chronicles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where, you Whoops. know, it's like you don't expect the world to develop magic once all the technology is gone, but some people argue that's why magic died. It was because of technology. A sender yeah. goes down that path where um, there's a lot of cool tech that, you know, I won't tell you why the tech is no longer there if you want to start with Descender. And then a sender begins with, okay, the tech is gone and magic seems to be in the, in the world. And there's a character called uh, Mother and she's an evil Mother. being. But then we get to learn a little bit more about her. And hey, you know, shocking. Turns out when people are really like evil people in life, chances are they were treated like crap. So maybe we should stop treating uh -huh. people like crap. And not create the future bad guys. What do you think? Oh, hey, yeah. is that how that works? I think that might be a good <laughs> rule of thumb. And uh, but Ascender is such a good. It's such a good book. Descender is such a good book. So I've been enjoying that. Issue nine was really awesome. As we're getting more information about the mother, uh, Spidey is of course Spidey. Spider-Man. They release. Uh, I think. I think they release a, a Spider-Man comic book like every five minutes. So I know. Um, you, it's like this. One of those constants with you is like. 
like we're trying to like, oh, so which ones have you read? It's like, well, I've definitely read a lot of Spider-Man because of how frequent they're coming out. And you know how many Spider-Man titles there are anyway. Mm-hmm. And I'm only reading The Amazing Spider-Man, and that still comes out very, very Yeah, it's a, like a once lot. every two weeks or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. And, <laughs> you know, currently Spider-Man's uh, involved with J. Jonah Jameson's pod- podcast, which uh, turns out to be a hoot as they go back and forth of liking each other, hating each other, blaming each other. Um, and you know what? J.J. makes a compelling argument as to why maybe, you know, uh, Spidey, a.k.a. Peter Parker, who now J.J. knows, uh, it makes a compelling argument as to why maybe Peter wasn't exactly the most cooperative and could have maybe stopped a lot of bad press himself. Oh. Uh, and, you know, it's I, huh. I love that take. Interesting. You know, that the socially awkward, chip-on-the-shoulder guy who thinks, well, you know what, uh, I did the most heinous thing in the world, letting a criminal go by, and my Uncle Ben died for that, really turning into maybe a phobia that, he makes enemies, and enemies come to him, and really, it's all because of he hates himself. Oh, uh, I, I love this Ooh, exploration that's some deep stuff, yeah. Which you know was sort of brought out in some recent issues. Currently, though, he's got a new sidekick besides JJ trying to help him. He's got this boomerang guy who was a bad guy, but really a very bad bad guy who's just a goofball. Now he's trying to be a good guy. Also, Peter Parker's roommate, Boomerang doesn't know that Peter's Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man knows that his roommate is Boomerang, and he can't believe it's like, I got him as a roommate, and he's kind of not a horrible guy, but he's still an idiot. And yet, I've got to have this guy now as a superhero, buddy. he's an idiot, and somehow we're in. And so he's ensconced in a lot of ridiculousness with Boomerang, and it's pretty fun because Boomerang is clueless, but he's almost lovably clueless. So that's what's <laughs> going on in the latest issues of Spider-Man as of issue 41. And then, of course, Robert Kirkman. Uh, no more Walking Dead from Robert Kirkman, of course. Uh, don't know if there's any more Invincible. Gosh, you know what? I, I thought Invincible ended. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. why I'm I, pretty sure it finished. Yeah, that's yeah. So. I, I, I thought so, but I'm like, I better check. Okay. Yeah. So what do you got to do if you got a fix for Robert Kirkman? Well, Oblivion Song is uh, a whole new world that was created by him. And the last time that we talked about Oblivion Song, you had kind of been on the fence on whether or not you were going to keep reading it. Yes. So the fact that you're bringing it back up means, well, you're still reading it. It did get interesting because you thought, how far are they going to get to go with this sort of, if you will, monster of the week aspect of it? Mm -hmm. Uh, But now we've got actually sentient beings in this alternate reality. And it took a while for us to get to this place and now these sentient beings we just don't know like what their intentions are they don't seem to be evil and they also don't seem to be nice they they i, I don't know what they think of humanity i don't think they think much of humanity uh, <laughs> good or bad oh um, they just don't even consider them they're it, like man whatever yeah we're kind of getting to explore a little bit of what this is all about uh and you know robert kirkman he's going to find a way to really not make the horrors be the horrors it's more in all of his stories the horrors are really the clickbait you know, in this case, the Cthulian horrors that they discover in this alternate universe that they can transport to an uh, alternate Philadelphia. It's a whole world just inhabited by these Cthulian horror-like beings. But really, they're not the problem, just like the zombies aren't the problem. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's always just, people. Yeah, the supervillains are not the problem in Invincible, you know, uh, so or, or the Vitramites. They, you know, you think that's the problem, and that's the brilliance of what Robert Kirkman brings to the table. It's always really who you think the heroes should be of the story, which are the humans. They are the problem. And so uh, Oblivion Song's already got 24 issues out, and they brought me back because now there's some interesting beings from this dimension. 
And uh, you can get that on Image Comics. So nice. that's what I've been doing. That's some good stuff right there. Some good reading. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, Star Trek slash reading rainbow actor LeVar Burton. Yes. Um, so he's been looking for public domain short stories to read to an audience at home since everyone is stuck in quarantine. Oh. Uh, I know a lot of musicians are doing uh, like, you know, live studio stuff or maybe even just an acoustic guitar in front of their webcam. Um, so he's actually doing a LeVar Burton Reads uh, live streaming version of all of this. And he took to Twitter to explain his fruitless efforts in trying to find public domain short stories to read to audiences at home. And Neil Gaiman helped him out. Now, you, if you don't know Neil Gaiman, well, go read Sandman right now. There's that guy. Pause, pause, pause the podcast. Go read all of Sandman and then come back to it. It's going to take a little while, but you know <laughs> what? We'll wait, we'll wait for you. Yeah. American God, Good Omens. And, yeah. And so in going down with all of this, LeVar Burton goes to Twitter and just says, in order to avoid legal complications, I've gone down the rabbit hole searching through volumes of short stories in the public domain for appropriate content for families and have come up empty. To which Neil Gaiman replies on Twitter, you have my blanket permission for any of my stories, LeVar. So you talked about... uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Like doing the sonnets. Mm -hmm. Like this is LeVar Burton doing this as well. And he'll be reading Neil Gaiman short stories. So, oh, yeah. That's pretty amazing. That's really awesome. So, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see people coming together um, during these times to help people get through stuff. And I mean, that's really cool. We're in a weird time right now. So the fact that anyone is being able to do that and the fact that we have this global connectivity in just having a webcam and being able to interact with people using technology for good. For the most part, is pretty amazing on that. Yeah, you know, Neil Gaiman is, you know, he's just one of the cool guys. Yeah, and you know, he in in the world, you know, he's he is about he is about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I've got some no- some news about the Mandalorian season two. Oh, the Midichlorian. What's it about? No, not the Midichlorian. We're oh, not going to talk sorry. about those. All right. Um, the Mandalorian has added a veteran genre star to the cast of its second season, and the show is also bringing back an antagonist for season two. Oh, really? Michael Bean, who may be best known as the Terminator's freedom fighter Kyle Reese, has oh, been confirmed to wow. be joining the cast. Okay. And mm-hmm. Bill Burr will be returning yes. as Mayfield. He has to. He was right? one of the highlights of the season. I yeah. want some more uh, Star Wars, uh, what is it, uh, Boston. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> he appeared, if you didn't know, in uh, The Mandalorian Season 1 in an episode titled Chapter 6, The Prisoner, playing Mayfield, who was a former Imperial sharpshooter turned merc- mercenary. He uh, teamed up with Pedro Pascal's Mandalorian to free a prisoner from the New Republic transport, but eventually wound up betraying him, of course, because, I mean, that's what mercenaries do. Of course. And and then he ended up stuck in that little prison with all of his buddies. And so, uh, yeah, very interesting on that. Um, it looks like Bean will be playing a bounty hunter acquaintance of the Mandalorian. And, uh, yes, he was Kyle Reese, who traveled back in time to stop uh, Sarah Connor from being murdered by the Terminator. Sarah Connor! He was also in Tombstone and Aliens as well. And this is also news that Rosario Dawson yes. is going to be a, a what? A... Sh- I can't even. Uh, oh, oh. Ashoka, Ashako, and I don't know who. Ah. I don't. I don't. I haven't watched any of these, but apparently she is Anakin's Padawan. Yes, Ashoka pe- to know, and Sorry. people love her. Yeah, I can't get around the fact that Anakin had a Padawan. I know people have watched the the Clone Wars and all that, and 
Gosh darn it. I wish I would like that. I, everyone raves about it, and I've tried to watch Clone Wars. I don't like the animation, mm-hmm. and because of that, it just puts me off. I yeah. just don't It'll like it. It'll be interesting it. to see, because people are kind of on the fence on whether or not they're happy about having Rosario Dawson in it, but I love her as an actress. So yeah. She's a nerd. So. Yeah. I'm really down to see how this happens. Now, as, th- as of this recording, season two is slated to come back to Disney Plus in October. But with all things, delays could happen, so just be on the lookout for it at this point in time. Be on the lookout. And is, uh, I think I'm right about this. Is Gus coming back? Yes. Okay. Yes. Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Giancarlo Esposito. Esposito. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Yes. Gus Fring. Gus Fring. (laughs) Gus Fring is pissed off about how the chicken is, the the chicken (laughs) fryers are being cleaned, and he's not happy about it, and now he's going to chop up everybody in, in the Mandalorian universe. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, if you if you have you been keeping up with uh, Better Call Saul, I mean, it was a, just a powerful episode where the poor kid's really? cleaning the chicken fryers. Oh no! And he's not happy. Of course, there's a lot more going on as to why he's really pissed off. But the <laughs> yeah. only person in the in it right near him while things are going bad is this poor kid cleaning the chicken fryers. Oh no! And, and I'm like, oh man, he oh, need to get back on that show. He's going so Mandalorian on this. <laughs> now I've got I've got a list, BJ. Yes, sir. That, that might piss you off. Oh, I'm ready. I'm very excited for this. So, we've got the list of the 10 best sci fi shows of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Oh, yes. Now, they rank the top 50, so we've got some of the other ones too, but uh, we're just going to be really mostly focusing (laughs) on the uh, top 10 here. Oh, I can't wait. At least you'll tell me when I complain where the rest of them are if you find them. Oh, absolutely. You bet bet I'm going to be like, there should be some things in the 10 that aren't there. (laughs) All right, here we go. Okay, so what do you think number one is? Mm. Mm. Battlestar Galactica. Oh wait, wait. This is a this is the top ten science fiction shows. Science fiction shows. Well, I mean, I think that the homage, if anything, has to go to Star Trek, right? And you would be correct. The yes, original the original series. series that ran from sixty six to sixty nine, not Battlestar Galactica, Joe, but the reboot that aired between two thousand four and two thousand nine. Did get number three. Wow, number three. Yes, number three on that list. Whoa. It's a great show. Uh, Vicky, you love that show as well, didn't you? The new Battlestar Galactica? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can't argue with it. it. It was... It was so well received when it when it was put out. It's and one of those shows I never watched. Yeah, it was it was well done in, in a lot of different ways. The way they did space, you know, the ships flying in space was really cool. Uh, great performances, great politics. Baltar was amazing. The actor that played Baltar, uh, you know, and and Edward James Almost is so good in everything he does. And uh, I, yeah, it, it and the idea that the that the uh, they upgraded the Cylons to look human. Which was really a cool thing. It, it created a lot of intrigue. So, yeah, I can see it being in the top five at least. I'll give him that. All right, then. Uh, number two is interesting on this list because I don't necessarily consider it sci fi. The Twilight Zone. Do you consider that sci fi? Uh, yeah, just because a lot of the episodes really were, it's, it's like supernatural sci fi. They, they had a lot of sci fi based episodes. And then there were supernatural-based episodes. Like, things happened in a not-so-distant future, or they were supernatural. So I, I, I would say, yeah, 
that I think enough of the episodes were sci-fi based because they took place in the future. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, there were a lot of episodes that weren't though. Like you know, William Shatner screaming at some crazy monster on a plane. But what? <laughs> what <laughs> Gremlins. But what do you call that? Like, yeah. Because you know, that monster doesn't exist. So right? is that sci-fi? Is that horror? What is that? Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's so. See, hard I would to see. I, I would see that, and I always thought that Twilight Zone was a little bit more horror. Like I would. It's like, definitely got horror in there. Yeah. Even now at this point with like Black Mirror, uh, definitely sci-fi but I would consider it like sci-fi horror because everything is going bad for everyone except for a few exceptions on the episode. And I would, I would, I would compliment you on that. I compliment or agree oh, with you, you on that. <laughs> um, speaking of black, but you know, number two, you know what? I mean, how many times has Twilight Zone been redone? You know, yeah. and Jordan Peele, I think did a really good job with the latest reboot on CBS All Access. So I guess you got to give. That's why you give Star Trek number one. Look at everything it created. Yeah, and I, I do mention Black Mirror, which got number thirteen on this list, deservedly so. Yeah, uh, number four on this list is the good old Doctor Who. And again, yep. you have to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're talking about uh, uh, close to sixty years. Yeah. Of a show still being in the lexicon and. Uh, I still love it. I still do. As much as people were pissed off at the last episode, I still oh. love what Jodie Whittaker's brought to the show. And uh, she she allowed a female to play that role and didn't compromise the doctor at all. She's She is one of my favorite doctors. We just talked about it, but number five, The Mandalorian. Which, number what? five? Number five. I, wow. I don't agree with how high it is yeah, on this list I'm with you because on that. I, I think it is one of the single-handedly saving things about the Star Wars universe right now, but it, I don't feel that Ooh, it is five. number I, five. I, You know why? I, the only reason why I would say it deserves to be number five is because it is transcended not just to Star Wars nerds, not just towards any space nerds, but to everyone. Yeah. Everyone yeah. knows the Mandalorian. Everyone is obsessed with Baby Yoda. The fact that his <laughs> has the reach it has had is yeah. why I think it deserves to be up high. Now yeah. I'm going to be crabby. Oh, here we go, crabby. Uh, see, this How's this is, different uh, than any other day? This is going to be, but here's the, re- Vicky, you, par- you brought up the good reason why it's a successful show. You did. That does not make it a great sci-fi because there's a Baby Yoda in it. And yet, I don't think this show is anywhere near as successful, you know, beyond the sci-fi fans. If there's no Baby Yoda, let's just say, I don't know, it was a gelatinous creature that he was protecting but still wanted to, you know, protect it the way he's protecting Baby Yoda. I don't think the show has that mass appeal. Baby Yoda has put it on another level that does not make it a great sci-fi, or I should say the number fifth greatest sci-fi show. Yeah. It deserves to be, I think it deserves to be in the top ten. I would put it maybe uh, eight, nine, or ten, but not number five. There's going to yeah. be other shows that deserve to be up in five. And another one that I know that you don't even care about, but they have literally had conventions and he- locally about this is the Prisoner. Yeah, because it's a British show from the '60s that had a season, and I don't even know if it ended like satisfyingly for anybody. And they tried to reboot it to no acclaim. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... I didn't even realize that they did reboot yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I... You know, it's tough because people think it's a fantastic show. I've tried to watch it. It just is too slow for me. Mm-hmm. And so I've not completed the original. And that's the problem is like... <sighs> I mean, if, if you could reboot it and make it amazing like they've done with so many Shakespearean works. With, like, Bowser Galactica, yeah, I mean, Yeah, and even. so I think that's high. So does that mean Firefly's on this list, then? Firefly is on this list at number 10. Okay. Oh, so, there's no way it should be lower than Mandalorian. And I, frankly, I don't... Uh, I would boy. have to agree because they're both yeah. space westerns. And as much as I love the Mandalorian and I was kind of lukewarm about Firefly, I think that it led the way 
for The Mandalorian and for a lot more other shows to incorporate sci-fi and other elements in them with strong writing, strong female characters. And, um, I mean, it got screwed in the season, but at least they were able to put out the movie to kind of wrap it a little bit it, up yeah, together. Fox, I mean, Fox really owes everybody a great apology. They took a great show and destroyed it by putting everything out of order and not giving any yeah. love to a show that turned out to be mm-hmm. a really good show. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, number seven is The X-Files, which I feel should be up a little bit higher. Yeah, if you're going to talk about like mass phenomenon, mm-hmm. that show was huge. Yep. And arguably, it is the show that made Fox a network. Yeah, you could definitely argue. I mean, you got married with children and so a lot of stuff. The that Simpsons Fox did. and the yeah. X Files, like those three. Yeah, those three. Yeah, I would be the, some of the main ones on that. Uh, number eight being Westworld, and I think it's that's a, fair. It, it it is just yeah. I think because how many layers there are in it. Like it's a watching show. it, like watching that show. You don't know what the hell's going on until the act, like not the actors, but to, until the story plays out in front of you. You're like, oh, maybe this is a thing. And then they just, they go off on this turn. And then you realize, and how many times were we freaking out? I was like, which timeline are we in? Yes. What's going on? And then they tell you, and it's like our minds are just. But see, unlike The Witcher, you really are happy you don't know which timeline <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, well, just, it's well done on yeah, every level. I would say visually, it yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. What about Watchmen? Uh, number nine. Ah, uh, yes. Wow. Which I don't know if it would be top 10 maybe top 15 for me but uh boy you know what i it was so good but i just i think it deserves to be up there more than the prisoner i oh, think yeah the, the, yeah you know seriously yeah, prisoners should maybe yeah. be like 30 yeah. or 40 I mean, so you can tell me everything know. you want to tell me about watchmen i mean i should say about the prisoner but i'm going to tell you watchmen is so much more of a modern classic mm-hmm. um i know that you know alan moore is going to hate everything um <laughs> but damon lindelof who really you know doesn't get the, the the fair shake he should get because for some reason people decided they just wanted to hate where Lost went. But Lost was brilliant. Uh, and whether or not you liked the way Lost ended, it was still a brilliant idea. And he brought that brilliance and that love that he had for the Watchmen comic, yeah. which affected him at a young age. Mm-hmm. And he did such a great job with that. Oh, I love Watchmen. Like, I just love the fact that when we uh, first started watching it, it was like, okay, yeah, so it's in the Watchmen world, but it's this whole different story. And they kept it under wraps that, no, this is the sequel to The Watchmen. Yes. And it plays with all of that. Oh, yeah. It was brilliant. Really, really good. Every single way that they did it was brilliant. Um, now, one that I thought should be way up higher than this, and I think maybe you would even agree after Picard and everything, Star Trek The Next Generation only got 23rd, which Ooh, I still think it would be wow. top 15, at least top 15 for me. Yeah, because there are people who would argue that Next Gen is what kept the franchise going. At first, people were like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but then Next Gen got seven seasons, and I don't think we have anything, and the fact that there is a Star Trek Picard show yeah. shows you how amazing Next Gen is, and they got, what, four movies on their own? <laughs> oh, man, if you go back and watch the first season of Next Generation, it's so good. Like the, It's actually compelling. You want to watch it. There's mm. Q involved, and Patrick Stewart's young and like the crew all makes sense. I will admit Patrick though, Stewart is young and looks yeah. the exact same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when they get into those twenty plus season episode or see or episode seasons, yeah. ooh, you know, the one where Picard goes to on vacation, maybe we didn't need that. <laughs> <laughs> and I know there's there's probably well, a good like shitty order for always, those. Even, and oh, the, Spot. I it love it Spot. irritated me that they actually had Data's cat in the new Picard. <laughs> Data <laughs> plays the violin. Spoiler buddy. <laughs> Sorry, pal. Or the new spot. I don't know. Spot three. Spot two, whatever spot the hell his name. You know, he's really. Yeah, and by the way, Spot may not be as real as you might think he is, at least in this new version. Uh, <laughs> so, what are yeah. some of the uh, shows that uh, you were hoping to see in uh, on this list? You know what? Um, is Farscape on the list? 
Farscape is not on the list. That is that wow. is a travesty. Take off the prisoner. Yeah. Put on Farscape. Tra- Maybe not number five. But, Farscape you know, 1999. The the use of the Jim Henson Muppet Factory, which they did for that show. The humor and the writing in that show. The character development in that show. What an underappreciated show. Didn't Farscape. <laughs> I mean, my God, how is that not on the Didn't list? Didn't one of the characters fart helium? Yes. See, this is why you have to watch it. Yes. And they, they poked fun at Star Trek a lot and even brought up a lot of Star Trek jokes, making like, okay, this world recognizes that Star Trek was a, a TV show. Um, oh, it was brilliant. I am so disappointed that Farscape is not on the... That is a massive miss. Yeah. I'm sorry, massive yeah. miss. Yeah. Uh, Joe, is there any uh, one that you can think of that you might uh, would want to see on this list or where I can see if I can find it? Oh, nowadays, I would just think The Expanse has to be on there somewhere. Mm. The Expanse is on the list, number 20. Okay, yeah, that that's, makes sense. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Vic, Vicky, you got anything on those lines? I feel like they're all kind of in the same... Like, they've already been said, all the ones I've seen, like mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica, Firefly, yeah. Mandalorian... <sighs> yeah, Vicky's like, happy. All her yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, like they're already they're already on the list. You'll One mean... of the ones that I thought that would be uh, a little bit higher and maybe even replace uh, uh, the prisoner would be Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It got Ooh. number twelve. I don't know if it's necessarily sci-fi. It's monsters. That's kind of yeah. I was thinking with American Gods, like yeah. kind of a similar oh, situation. Yeah. It's not technically sci-fi, but it is kind of weird. Yeah, when you go sci-fi fantasy, that's the tough part about it. But then again, <laughs> if we're going to let Twilight Zone in there. Uh, yeah, Buffy yeah. definitely feels more fantasy to me than it does sci-fi. Yeah, so it's like one of those that's like, okay, well, fine. But uh, let us know how you feel about this. Uh, Rolling Stone has it out there. But tell us one of those things, one of your favorite sci-fi shows, and we'd love to hear about that. But now it is time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So I have been obsessively cleaning and organizing my house since I can't really leave... <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I don't like sometimes I'll listen to music sometimes I like to just have a TV show in the background okay and I've kind of exhausted a lot of my go-to TV shows so you're not watching Friends Endlessly uh, not Friends I'm tired like I've been watching Mystery Iglesias um, I, what, what was the other one Big Mouth Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah. That seems an interesting one just to be playing oh, in the background of the loves, house. She loves that show. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, Archer, I've seen a million times, yeah. like in the background. So I'm like, I needed something different. I'm like, okay, well, let me make a new one for my regular go to. And I started having Umbrella Academy on in the background. Oh, oh how is that in the background? One, oh, I love it just because the, the lines. I think we're alone. And the music, it's a nice balance. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about binging that if I really get bored because I just I'm, I can't get excited about any of the shows that are new right now, I, you know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, and, and I'm in yeah. it, but I can't get excited about binging all the shows I've binged before. But I keep thinking about Umbrella Academy. Like you know what, that would be fun to watch that again because I've only watched it once. Mm-hmm. It just, I, honestly, it, yeah. it is a, a re-bingeable series. Yeah, I very, yeah. this is one of my top favorite shows I believe ever, and I cannot wait so for good. season two. But with everything going on, we got a lot of shows that are getting pushed back. Whether it's because production delay or whatever. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the real sad thing is a lot of stuff is going to be pushed. Yeah. So that got me thinking as I have this in the background. Ooh, well, what's going on with Umbrella Academy season two? Because it says a new yeah. season's coming. Yeah. Well. Apparently they did all their filming and they wrapped up last year. Oh. Like in December. Oh. So okay. right now they're literally just working on the it's editing process, which guess what? You can work from home. Yeah. So hopefully that, that, can, that is something that can happen. I would love to see that soon. That would just... Oh, that would be such a blessing in this really, really weird year. And if you want, like, go follow Steve Blackman, who is, like, one of the, uh, like, producers, writers, and, like, 
actually, he's a showrunner for Umbrella Academy, but he's a writer, producer, director on Fargo, Legion, and Altered Carbon. So he's done a lot of nerdy wow, stuff. Wow, he he's put together some good shows. Uh, Fargo, Legion, and what else? Uh, Altered Carbon. Oh, my gosh. That guy is, the, he's touched That's some another great show. Like right. Another show I need to go back and watch again and go through all the way through is Legion. Oh, I yeah. think just like binge watching that. That first would be off, a trip. Would, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I don't. I guess I don't need any LSD while no, I'm you in quarantine. Don't. I'll just watch this show. Watch it on <laughs> Mushrooms and tell me how that goes. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> maybe not. No, uh, and, and this, I love the way Legion went, and maybe it will be since it's it's bingeable. You will get the story arc even better. Yeah, you know, because there was you, when you go from season to season, you forget exactly what's happening, especially with a trippy show like that. And I love Aubrey Plaza, so yeah. I oh, think yeah. you might see some things you didn't see. Maybe, yes. yeah. Uh, but Steve Blackman on uh, the Instagrams is just Steve Blackman TD. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has posted a picture of him. Uh, they're editing the season two, and you can see Diego, and he's got long hair. Oh! And it's like even Corona can't stop an Umbrella Academy mix. But I swear we're washing our hands. <laughs> but they've been putting out teaser pictures, basically kind of getting you ramped up for the release. So I yeah, and wait. it's uh, I'm I'm very very stoked, and uh, and I think um, oh come on, what's her name? Ellen. Uh, Ellen, Ellen Page. Ellen Page, yeah. God, she was perfect. Yeah, she was perfect in the role of uh, and oh, that that Viola Viola. What's her name? <laughs> Victoria <laughs> Victrola. Uh, I know she was uh, the white Vanya. violin. But, uh, Vanya, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Uh, Close there. It's not. Yeah, we're not to like Game of Thrones levels of uh, butchering people's names. But all I can think of is Tranya, which was a drink that the, the little <laughs> bald kid offered uh, Kirk in the original Star Trek. Oh wow! And the Corbin might. Maneuver. How do you know that? Oh, check it out. Would you like some Tranya, Captain Kirk? <laughs> Who turned out to be Ron Howard's brother, Clint? That's funny. Uh, oh my goodness! That was I think his first role he ever played. Clint oh, Howard. Clint Howard was, is a uh, national treasure. The little bald guy, you know, bald alien, and <laughs> way back Star Trek. Anyway, Tranya and Vanya. So I'm actually. I realize I, I haven't read the third book yet, and I had spent a while since I read the others. Uh-huh. So I'm going to go third back. Book and is so it's all over the road. I tried. To, if you can tell me what's going on, I'd appreciate it. Fair enough. <laughs> I read it twice, and I'm like, no. I don't know what's going. Well, on. Well, since it's it's comic book day, as an mm-hmm. aside, uh, I'm really happy that I sat on my second volume of Saga. Because yes. I finished the first volume and I bought the second one, still in the cellophane at this point. Now I can crack that open and uh, get so into good. it. Do you need so to borrow good. the rest? I may have to. I have the rest. All of them up to this point. Really? Yeah. yeah you okay. Need and you need them all. He's okay. T- he's taken. He's taken a year off. Yes. Oh, so, so I can really catch he, up on that. Mm-hmm. And he yeah, ended can go ahead it. And bring those I in. mean, talk about <laughs> what he's ended the current run with. I no, feel like don't say anything. Oh, I'm not gonna say this. I'm okay. saying that's why I think you're gonna want to finish the whole thing. All right, because it's epic. And he goes, "Oh, and we're not done, by the way. Oh. I'm just taking a year off." Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I if, love you, this. if you want to see a, a fun picture to warm your heart, if you go down to <laughs> Steve Blackman's uh, Instagram, there's a picture from Christmas time, and it's the Umbrella Academy actors uh-huh. as their characters, but in like holiday sweaters, <laughs> except number five because <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he, not doing it. He's not doing it. But I do love that uh, in the comics, it was really hard to read the first issue because. They uh-huh. have their numbers, oh, their yeah, yeah, real yeah. name, and then they have code names. Yeah. So it was oh, hard to remember who was who. Like I was going back and talking about Game of Thrones names. Suddenly you got to figure out who's exactly. code name, what name, and what's going on. But rewatching Umbrella Academy, I thought it was funny because, like, Diego at one point, he's like, Ugh, I hate code names. <laughs> so they're just like, This is how we're dropping that. I'm just like, oh, Okay, I guess they're not doing code names. <laughs> smart. Very, very smart. Yes, on their part. That is hilarious. I'd love to hear what people uh, what people are reading, yes. what they're watching, uh, what they're going back and rewatching, because that's kind of fun to see what people have found uh, is worth the rewatch or mm-hmm. the reread or any of that. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.
Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.